Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Show. Glad you're here. This is going to be an exciting show because I have spent a lot of time in Airbnbs and other of those services. You guys know my story. I We've traveled. I have four kids. We've traveled all around the world with our kids. Well, not all around the world. We've traveled around the U.S. and around Europe. But that counts, I think. And <laughs> uh, we spent uh, twice, we've spent almost three months in Europe, kind of based in Prague, traveling around France and Germany and Italy and all, the Czech Republic and all that stuff, doing deals while we were traveling. And uh, so I I spent a lot of time on Airbnb. And, and I remember once we were in Munich and we were doing a bike tour around Munich. This was just a couple of years ago. And we had rented a car. We drove it from Prague. And so we, we reserved a place on homeaway.com if you know of homeaway and the crazy thing was like the the owner of that flat that we rented or reserved never like confirmed my reservation so i was getting really nervous and so we went to where the house was and there was nobody there it was completely locked so we just parked our car on this busy street because we had no idea where else to park and uh, then we walked to this place to take a bike tour anyway so we're on this bike tour and I have my phone and I'm thinking I'm going to have to just reserve something else because this guy isn't, isn't returning my calls or my text messages and all that. So I went to Airbnb on my phone while I was riding my bike with my youngest daughter behind me. So they have those bikes with a car seat behind us, you know, and so I'm pulling her and I, I have my phone while we're doing the bike tour because we have to like stay with the group. And Brian, this is the strangest podcast introduction I've ever done, but <laughs> it has a point here. It has a point. <laughs> so we're, and I have to stay with the group, but it's getting dark and I'm worried about, you know, getting, are we going to be able to find a place in Munich? You know, this was in the summer, the peak of the tourist season. So I get on Airbnb and it's hard enough to find a place that takes six people, right? So I found a place on Airbnb, make the reservation from my phone the lady texts, because there's messaging inside of the app. She messages me right away. Hey, thanks. You know, and I confirm it. We get directions and uh, I'm able to pull it up on my map and get a map on how to get there. It's only a, about a 15 minute drive away from where we were in Munich. And we stayed in this place and it was awesome. It was really nice. Found out the lady was um, a, a Christian and she invited us to go to church with her like the next day. And we went to her church in Munich the next morning, and they were singing half worship songs in English that we were familiar with, and then half German songs. Uh, we just had a blast. And Airbnb, I was like, wow, you're kidding me. On my bike in the middle of who knows where Munich, riding around, stressing out, like, are we going to be sleeping on the streets tonight? And I'm able to find this place that lets six people sleep in there. Maybe we had the whole house to ourselves. And uh, this lady was super friendly and super nice. So anyway, I've been a huge fan of Airbnb. We've stayed in Airbnbs in uh, in in South, well, in the I guess you call it South America near the Bahamas or something. Mexico, the United States, dozen different cities at least, and at least five or six different countries in Europe. 
So the other day, a friend of mine says, Joe, you got to talk to this guy, Brian Page. He does a lot of Airbnb and he's got this course that teaches people how to make a killing on Airbnb. And I thought, this is really interesting. I love that subject. I've heard of so many people that are just crushing it right now with Airbnb. And so I contacted Brian. I said, hey, can I get you on the podcast? Can we talk? And he was gracious enough to say, yeah, sure, let's do it. So uh, with that long, crazy introduction, how you doing, Brian? <laughs> Great, Joe. How you doing? Real good, guys. This is Brian Page. And um, Brian, talk about, go back in time a little bit before you really got into Airbnb. Yeah. What were you doing? Yeah. Well, before I do that, I'll be happy to tell you that story. I just wanted to say that I was actually in Prague last summer. Really? And I, I absolutely love it. It's it's a phenomenal place. I went I went through 14 countries for over the course of a couple months. Nice. And one of the places I stopped was there, and I actually stayed in an Airbnb in this beautiful place that you open up the windows. It's like on the very top floor penthouse overlooking the entire city. And it was spectacular. And I think it was like $150 or euros a a night. It was cheaper than the hotels. It was, I felt like a King, you know, I'm I'm here in this incredible city. And it was probably my favorite city in Europe that I saw other than maybe Barcelona. It was amazing. I love Barcelona too, but were you with your significant other by yourself or what? No, I was actually by myself. We, I had already traveled with her and then she headed home because she has a normal job. <laughs> so I just kept traveling and kind of did my own thing for a little while. And it was really fun. And I, I'd never been to Eastern Europe. So I, I went there, I went to Budapest. And, oh. and so now what I do is I just travel and stay in Airbnbs. And, and actually next week I'll be in Central America staying in uh, Airbnbs. So Good for you, man. It's been amazing. It's really been amazing. But uh, just wanted to, I just wanted to mention that when you said Prague. Everybody needs to go to Prague. Oh, man. It's so underrated. I mean, people say, oh, go to Paris or whatever. But you know yeah. what? I found it to be kind of dirty and, and a little bit unsafe. And, and then I go to Prague and it's like what I thought Paris would be. It's just yeah. spectacular. Spectacular. It uh, It's changed a lot. We were, we've been there four times since I was married in 1998. And All right. I keep on bugging my wife. We got to go back again. And she's like, we need to go someplace we haven't been to. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right. So uh, what were you doing before you started you know, investing and doing Airbnb stuff, Brian? Yeah. Well, my background is as a real estate investor. Cool. I, 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 you know, I, right when I got out of college, I started doing various jobs. I either quit or got fired from all of them. Yeah. (laughs) I wasn't well suited to working for other people. And, and basically I, I I tried all different kinds of businesses that didn't work. You name it. I tried it. I, I lost a lot of money trying to think, trying different, you know, various things. And then finally, one day I was looking in the newspaper and I saw an ad. It said investors wanted no money down, no money down, no money down property. So I was like, well, this is me. I don't have any money and I want to get started in investing. And so mm-hmm. I responded to the ad and the guy was um, one of Carlton Sheets top students. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so he just said, look, Brian, what I do is I help people get properties, no money down. And he just kind of helped me get started. I got some rental properties. And then what I noticed was he, he was flipping properties. He was flipping houses. And so I basically just followed the guy around for about six months, just learning from him, just literally any opportunity I could get to hang out with him. I would, I bugged him to death. And then eventually I learned what he was doing. And about the sixth month, I got my first property. Instead of bringing it to him, I flipped it myself and made some good money. And then I just kept flipping flipping houses. What market were you in? What, what area was this? I was in North Carolina. Okay. And this was early 2000s. So this was before the, the, the bubble started really getting hot. The real estate market started getting extremely hot. And I ended up flipping over about over a hundred properties, you know, full rehabs. What, year was, what year was this again? I'm sorry. 
early, early 2000s, 2001, okay. 2000, three, like that in, in there. And then, and then I just, you know, I did really well at real estate. This was in my 20s. And uh, I got into to construction. I did oceanfront homes. I, you know, I did it all. I did everything on the residential side. And everything was going good until it wasn't. And of course, you know, if you got any of you guys lived through that that time, you remember what happened in mid two thousands. Everything crashed, and and that was when I went from being a, a young millionaire to um, negative net worth. <laughs> oh yeah, extremely negative net worth. And um, and so that was that was where I was looking to reinvent myself. And for years, I just kind of struggled and could not figure out what to do for a new business. And that and just got a job. I was working a job that I hated. And that, mm-hmm. that kind of is how I first got introduced to Airbnb. Okay. So how did you get introduced to Airbnb then? Well, you know, I had heard about it. Like a lot of people I'd seen it. I, I, I used it a couple of times, but I, I never thought about hosting. And I had, I had a spare room in my apartment. I was running a two bedroom apartment. I just thought, well, you know what, let me list that sucker on Airbnb and see what happens. And it didn't take long. I think it was like a month or two. I was making more on the room than what my entire rent and utilities cost. So I was living for free in the place. And I thought, well, this is an awesome life hack. This is great. <laughs> so, you know, I kept my money from my job and pocketed it. And I was I was living large, I thought, because, you know, I had double the income coming in. And that was where I started thinking, wait a second, there there's a real opportunity here. Like this is something that I could turn into a business. And so I started looking for a standalone property that I could get. What year was this? This was just a few years ago, like three, three years ago. Nice. Yeah. Okay. And so I went, I approached this lady who uh, was down the street. She had a sign in front of her yard that said for rent. And, uh, I just said, look, you know, I, I want to rent your place, but I want to host short term guests in the property. Are you cool with that? And she's like, well, as long as you pay the rent, you take care of the property. There's no damage. I, I'm fine with that. So I, I, that's what I did. I got it in writing. I wrote it, you know, wrote up a, an agreement and then I listed that thing on Airbnb in the very first month that I had it listed, uh, I think I netted over like 1500 bucks that month on that one little one bedroom. That was above what you were paying in rent. Oh, above not only the rent, above all the utilities, like every single expense I netted that much. And that was the first month. And then I started making that much every single month. And I thought, wow, okay, now I'm into something here. And so I went and got another property and another property. I kept adding one per month and I didn't own anything. You know, keep in mind, my credit was beyond ruin. So I, I couldn't borrow from any banks. Yeah, And so I just started working with owners and, and I just started approaching people and saying, Hey, I, I want to try this thing. And some people would say no. And some people would say yes. And I just kept going until I got yeses. And, and then as I started building the business, obviously I was making way more doing that than my job. So I quit my, my normal job. Nice. And then, and then I really focused on outsourcing and automating the entire business because it was a lot to kind of keep up with all these guests but I then found a way to basically outsource it all, like 95% of it. And then that allowed me to step back and still have that cash flow. And then I was able to start, you know, traveling and doing what I like to do, which is to travel. And I earned over six figures that first six months uh, on Airbnb and over 300,000 in the first 12 months. And that's, you know, ever since then, I haven't looked back. And then people started asking me, how did, how did you do that, Brian? I got all kinds of emails and questions. And then I thought, wait a second, I could teach people this. And that turned into a whole other business. And so now I'm, the leading expert on how to build a portfolio on Airbnb using other people's properties. And and that's, that's kind of, it's been a whirlwind. I mean, I just wow. got inter- interviewed by Forbes last week and, and I've got students around the world and it's been overwhelming, but people are excited. It's, it's the, it's sexy and it's, 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 it's new and it's modern and it's, everybody knows you can make money on Airbnb. They just don't know that you can make like really big money on Airbnb. So that's kind of what I do. This can work in any country in the world, can it? I mean, if there's, if Airbnb is there, you could do this. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, Airbnb operates in 191 countries. So if you're in North Korea, you can't do it there. So sorry, guys. <laughs> and uh, if you're in a couple countries like Afghanistan or whatever, there's a couple countries. But otherwise, it, it is everywhere. It's it's worldwide. And actually, right now, 75% of the listings on Airbnb are not even in the U.S. So a lot of my percent? students, 75%. 75% are not even in the U.S. Not in the U.S. It is it is exploding overseas. I mean, it's better in the U.S. for a while, but a lot of countries it's brand new in. And from what I'm hearing from Airbnb, they're telling me that they're having a hard time finding enough hosts in a lot of places to to match the demand, because the number of people traveling with Airbnb is like many, many, many times the number of hosts. It's millions and you know tens and tens of millions of people you know that are using it every day. So it's it's just growing at an incredible clip. I think I heard it was doubling every year and a half the number of users. You know, I was in, um, uh, it's in Croatia, Dubrovnik. Is that right? Oh yeah. Dubrovnik's in Croatia. Yeah. Yes. Dubrovnik. And it's a beautiful city. And the tour guide. I was there two, I was there two months ago. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we took a Eastern Mediterranean cruise and went to Dubrovnik and it was just incredible. It is. We stayed, well, we, <laughs> I was trying to remember, <laughs> I was trying to remember what Airbnb we stayed in there and we didn't because we, we were on a cruise ship. But anyway, walking around Dubrovnik for our uh, when we stopped there, the uh, it was really cool. But one of the things the tour guide told us was that Airbnb had exploded there, and there were a lot of uh, Airbnb uh, homes that were being rented out. And I forget the numbers, but it blew me away. Like the capacity that the hotels had, mm-hmm. and then the the capacity now from the Airbnbs, and the you would think the Airbnbs would put the hotels out of business, but really what happened was they are both full doing better than they had ever before. Is that what makes sense? There was such a huge demand before that the Airbnbs came in and helped fill that demand and they didn't put the hotels out of business. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, this is what's really interesting right now. Airbnb this year, exceeded the largest hotel chains in the world for number of rooms. So in other words, the Hilton hotels and the Hyatt's and the largest companies that have been around, some of them for a hundred years, the number of rooms on Airbnb has exceeded those largest companies. But if you took all the hotel uh, rooms available in the world, all of hospitality, Airbnb represents less than 1%. So it's still, it's not in any way saturated it's wow. just that people, the word is out. People are starting to travel differently. I don't think they're taking business away from the hotels as much as they're bringing new people out and traveling that couldn't afford to before. Because whereas before, if you went to Manhattan, for example, and in New York, you were going to stay in a hotel. You have to pay $250 a night to stay there. Now you can get you could get a room in Brooklyn for $40. It's just unbelievable. It's so cheap to travel now using Airbnb that it kind of allows more people, especially the millennials, to travel because millennials are not looking for the standard box inside of a box, which is most hotel rooms. They're not looking for, you know, for mm-hmm. just a, a standard experience. They want a unique, authentic experience. And that's what Airbnb provides them because every single property is different. And a, an individual has prepared that place for you. It's not a big corporation. So it's a very different experience and it's transformed. I think it's radically like increased the amount of travel, the the amount of uh, people that are moving around the world and traveling. And, and now there's a whole subset of people that live in Airbnbs full time. They don't have a home. Yeah. And actually that'll be, uh, my wife and I are doing that very shortly. We're going to be taking off and living in different cities around the world, each city for about a month or two. 
So we're going to just go to every continent and live in, you know, beautiful Airbnb homes. And that's going to be our life for a while. We just think it's a really cool way to live. That so that sounds like so much fun. Holy yeah. cow. Yeah, that's what we're doing. So there's people that are doing this now all the time. And it's it's changing the way people live. It's changing the way people travel. But, you know, the funny thing is, yeah, hotels have had their record year. 2016 was the last record full recorded year. And uh, hotels had a record year. So Mm -hmm. is Airbnb crushing hotels? No, it's not. I don't care. I don't don't look at it like that. I think it's just opening a new opportunity. And you're exactly right. The I'm looking here and it's helping the local economy too. I mean, these people, uh, this lady was saying that uh, this tour guide was telling us that some people are complaining that too many people are leaving the city to rent their houses out and the hotels are suffering, but that's not exactly true at all. There are more Airbnbs opening up in these historic cities, but it's helping the economy. It's bringing more money in to where there wasn't before. And the locals are making more money with it themselves. It's really cool. Now, yeah. I just I'm yeah. at Airbnb right now and I just went to Dubrovnik. You would not believe some of these places I'm looking at, like overlooking the ocean Phenomenal. on these cliffs in these old like castles and things like that for 42 bucks a night, 62 bucks a night. You can live like a king compared to what you'd have to pay for a hotel. And for the for less than the cost of a hotel room, you can get an entire home, an entire beautiful flat, an entire apartment. And that's what's happening in most places around the world. And the other cool example of what's happening is Cuba. So Cuba Hmm. has been, of course, off limits for Americans for so long that they don't have a hospitality infrastructure. They don't have large hotel chains there. And so when Cuba finally opened up to the U.S. and Obama lifted that and said, let's let's let Americans to go there. Yeah. Guess what happened? Americans flooded in in mass, but there was no hotel room. So Airbnb made a very aggressive push into the country and did everything they could to get hosts to sign up. And I'll tell you what, now they have way more as a percentage Airbnb hosts than they do hotels there. Because, and it's it's meeting the demand. It's meeting the demand of people that want to go into Cuba. And the cool thing is I just read this book. It's called The Airbnb Story. And I thought it was going to be kind of dry and boring, but it was the most it was one of the coolest books. And it basically just said it talked about what what Airbnb has as their like mission statement, as their goal, as their purpose and for being. And what's really cool is the company, their motto is belong anywhere. And their idea is that you can go like Airbnb is changing the way we look at strangers. It's changing the way, mm-hmm. you know, you can go anywhere in the world and feel like you belong there. You're not a, you're not just a tourist. You're, you, you belong in that neighborhood, in that place. And then you can connect with somebody who's a stranger that's letting you into their home or letting in, you into the property they own. And it's just changing the way people look at others that are not like them. And I think it's breaking down barriers in a lot of way. And I, I hate to you know, sound like I'm getting up on my high horse here, but I really have drunk. I've drunk the Kool-Aid because I really think that that's what Airbnb is doing and home sharing in general is doing because I see it. I get international people coming to me and coming to stay in places that my students have. And it's just a different, you know, once you start meeting people from all around the world yeah. and and you open up that hospitality to them. This is how it worked 100 years ago. Yeah. It's not a new concept. Yeah. 100 years ago, people would allow people to come into their home and stay there. And people had a little bed and breakfast. And that's how it worked. And, and now it's being renewed, but with a new modern twist. You're absolutely right. <laughs> and I can't get over this Dubrovnik. It's so incredible. These, I'm looking at these. I just changed it to where they would only take, uh, where they could take six guests, right? Yeah. And uh, still these incredible places overlooking these gorgeous coastlines, like in old stone castles. 
I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you can live cheaper in Airbnbs than you probably can at home. I know people don't believe me when I say that, but it's actually proven. You could probably travel the world living in Airbnbs cheaper than actually staying at home. So if you have a job that would allow you to do oh that, my gosh. <laughs> just try it. Oh, I'm looking at these. Now, this one here is 200 and, uh, 250 a night. Okay. That's expensive. That's not cheap. But if this thing, if it was like a hotel, holy cow, you'd be a couple thousand dollars a night. It's just, it would be outrageous, right? I mean, outrageous. Yeah. The, the, the finishings inside just luxurious, beautiful floors. You have this view of this rugged coast and the water, total privacy. It's the whole, it's the entire villa. Right. And yeah. if you looked at what is, uh, if I go to a calculator here, 250 times 30, it's 7,500 bucks a month. Okay. But think yeah. about it. That includes utilities. All right. That includes, you get this, the entire house to yourself. Right. So if you were able to rent that thing, obviously that's, that's pretty expensive. <laughs> you don't have to rent yeah. like expensive places. Well, like no, you can get a place for $50 a, a day. And I oh, mean, yeah. it would- 1500 a month. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at places right now in Costa Rica for next week. And uh, one of them is, is in a high rise, all glass condo. That's like, you know, 15 floors up overlooking the coast. It looks like Miami, except when you look out, you see Costa Rica. It's out of this world, absolutely out of this world with a giant pool table and the whole wall opens up, you know, all the panels of the doors open up. So it's all exposed to the, to the, you know, to the ocean. And, you know, a place like that is like $200 a night. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy what, how cheap stuff is. All right. So let's get into the, uh, into the details, can we, of um, what is involved with doing these? Uh, because yeah. we're, we're kind of talking about doing it as a vacation, which everybody <laughs> should do, which is so cool. I love this business. I, I, I don't know, Brian, how much we've talked and what I've told you before, but we actually were doing deals. I was actually working while living in Airbnbs in Prague. And wow. some of the, the, I was almost embarrassed to bring our local friends because we had friends who were locals in the Czech Republic. I was embarrassed to bring them over to our house because we <laughs> so actually, our, it was so big and nice. We actually had, let's see, one, two, three, we had three bedrooms, which is a lot for a Czech family. We actually had four air conditioning units, which is a lot. A lot of families don't even have any air conditioning in Prague. And it was uh, the kitchen, the furnishes were real nice. And it was almost embarrassing, but we were paying the same amount of money as we were in the U.S., but we were in like the nicest part of Prague, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, with incredible views and all that. Well, anyway, it's, it's, a, it's really awesome to think that you can live in a fully furnished flat or house all by yourself yep. and, and actually do work from there. You can actually run your business from there. But anyway, you can also take Airbnb as a as a business and make money actually doing this. Right. Yep. So talk about that. Can you maybe go through, are there six, seven steps that you do to, to get started with this? Yeah, there are. Um, well, you know, we got so excited because we're talking about using Airbnb as a, as a, as a user, as a guest, but the other side of it is, you know, the other side of Airbnb is there's hosts. There's people that welcome you into their homes or they welcome you into a totally separate property that they own or that they manage. And that's the side of the business that I teach. That's what I teach. Right. So essentially, there's two ways to do it. If you own a property, you can list it on Airbnb. 
but you don't have to own a property. You could also just list the property with permission of the owner on Airbnb as like a manager or as somebody who's leasing the property. And that's what I got into because I, I couldn't go buy property. And even if I could, I didn't want to go into debt and borrow millions of dollars to go buy a bunch of properties. I just didn't want to do that. So I was looking for a very, very low investment, low capital intensive kind of business that I could jump into that would generate cash flow right away. And that's how I found Airbnb. And so, yeah, there's, there's basically just seven steps to doing this. I'll list them real quick. Um, the first one is prep. There's several things you got to put in place uh, in advance. So when you meet with owners that they'll be willing to, you know, let you take their properties and list them on. Let me ask you about this here real quick. Um, do you do like a master lease where you, then you sublease it out? Is that kind of how you structure it? Uh, no, it's not subleasing because subleasing, um, presupposes there's somebody that's going to now pay the rent. Nobody's responsible for paying that rent except for me. My guests are paying me, but it's not subleasing any more than staying in a hotel is subleasing the hotel. So no, it's not subleasing, but you do need to get it in writing from the owner that gives you permission to have short-term guests in the property. Okay, but you're still paying a rent every single month. I'm still month. paying the market rent. So it, let me break it down. The simplest way to explain it is, let's say I have a $1,000 property and it's um, uh, $200 in utilities. That's just as a, as, a, as a simple example. So it's $1,200. So I just pay the the owner thousand bucks. I pay my two hundred dollars in utilities. I put on Airbnb, and that same property brings in twenty four hundred. So now I pocket twelve hundred. So that's the difference. It's the difference between what it costs me and what I make on Airbnb is my profit. And I keep it all because I'm signing a lease. But some people don't want to do leases. They're like, well, Brian, I don't want to sign your lease with somebody. Great. Well, then you just go to the owner and you say to the owner, you're asking, you know. A thousand bucks. How about I give you eleven hundred dollars, and I'll give you more. And then if you go month to month with me, so you can be creative like that. It's all up to you and the owner. Whatever you'd agree to uh-huh. is what you what you put in writing. And once you have that in writing, then you're ready to start going. Now, of course, you don't want to do this in an area where the homeowners association doesn't allow you to do it. There are some restrictive properties where you don't want to do this. So I just avoid those properties altogether. And most properties in in the U.S. especially are not managed properties. So as long as you do one of those where it's allowed, you're good to go. Okay, I want to ask you questions about that later on, about regulations. And sometimes it seems like the cities are yeah. kind of cracking down on this. But what are the steps? Let's go back to the steps. Okay, so yeah, I, the steps, obviously, if I was going to go through them in depth, it would take a while. But I'll just tell you real quick what they are. The first is prep. The second is partner. Because we're going to partner with some virtual partners, they're going to help us to build to to outsource our business. And then the three is locate. They actually got to go locate the specific properties. Fourth is stage. That means getting it ready to to have guests stay in the property. Five is list, which is list on Airbnb. Six is launch, which is basically all of the things you got to put in place in order to launch that thing and start getting bookings. And then the seventh is automate. So it's prep, partner, locate, stage, list, launch, automate. And once you learn those seven steps, now, you're, now you're, your listing is in a system that, that's essentially self-managing. It's amazing what you can do with technology these days. And then you go out and you repeat the process. You go get another listing. And this is the thing that nobody teaches. As far as I can, I can't find anybody that teaches how to do this. It's all about automating your system so that as you start growing your little hotel, that's essentially what you're doing. You're little, you kind of have a little hotel with rooms all over the place. You have to have a way to manage it all. And if you don't want to work crazy full-time hours, then you have to have a system. And that's what I developed as a system. Okay. So I want to ask you some questions about one of those steps, the locate the properties. Can we dive a little deeper into that? Is that all right? Yeah, sure. Sure. But let me yeah, ask well, you, go ahead. let me ask you first. So like, do you, can you only do this in the really 
happening touristy areas or can you do it in the suburbs? Can you do it in the middle of, you know, can you do it in the Midwest? That's a good question. I interview people every single week, students of mine to get their success stories and to find out how they're doing what they're doing. And the interesting thing is I have people that are absolutely killing it in all kinds of markets. So I've got students that are in big, big cities. I got students that are in very small towns. I'll give you, I'll just give you some specific examples. I got one guy that's doing Airbnb in a very small college town. We're talking like 10,000 people. He's killing it. He has Airbnbs close to a college. All the, all the parents and the students that come in to go to that college, he, he hosts them. And he's, uh, he's actually, I think, working on his third property. He's got multiple rooms. He's just, he's just making money hand over fist. I've got another guy that I interviewed that is in rural Canada. He's literally in the, like in the woods in Canada with five cabins. And I said, how are you doing? And he said, well, I'm the only one in my county that has Airbnb. I'm, I'm doing really well. So he's got five cabins in rural Canada. I've got people in tourist areas. I've got people in beach areas, non-beach areas, mountains, small, medium, large size cities. I got people in, I got students down in Australia, in Europe, South America, Central America. I mean, you name it, it's, it's all over. I, I even have students now that are doing listings in multiple countries. Like they're getting listings in different countries. One guy I know travels around the world, kind of like I do, except that he collects Airbnb listings as he goes. And then he just stays in whatever listing he wants to, and then goes and collects. So like he'll go to Nicaragua get a $200 a month apartment because that's what you can get a place for. Like in a little beach town, you can pay sure. 200 bucks uh-huh. a month and I'll turn around and put it on Airbnb and, and get like 60 bucks a night. So like obscene amounts of money that he's making doing that. So it's, you know, it works in, in all kinds of areas. Yes. And if you search your city on Airbnb, I promise you, you will see listings unless you're of course in North Korea, you're going to see listings <laughs> pop up uh, for your city. So yeah, it's being done everywhere. And uh, wow, it's amazing. So one of the things you could do is find out where Airbnb maybe isn't doesn't have that strong of a presence yet and do it there. Now, do you have to live in the city that you're doing this in or do you have students that are doing this virtually in, in other You areas? don't have to, but it, when you start out, you better you better start close to home. I don't tell people to go try to find something in the next state or the next country when they start because they don't know what they're doing. You, you got to start, get experience. So start close to home. Start within an hour of where you live. Do not go within, you know, that's what I recommend. Now, as you grow and you learn, then you can start doing things further from home, certainly. But start close to home because you need to learn the business. And until you have your system set up, you're going to be the one that takes care of everything. You're the one that has to go there and set that property up. It does take some work to set up a listing. But once you do and once you automate, then you, you can scale it way, way back. I'm talking just a few hours a week to manage your system. So good question, but I don't recommend going far from home when you start. All right. So do you, is it like, um, can you just go find a property that's listed for rent on Zillow, contact the owner and then see, ask them if you can do this and then turn around and put it on Airbnb and make more money. Or do you need to go find like a motivated seller that uh, is willing to discount their rent to you. Does that make sense? Um, yeah, no, that's what I do. I just I just go wherever there's rentals. You could go on Craigslist. You could drive neighborhoods and look for rent signs. I mean, there's millions of properties for rent. Anywhere there's you can find a property for rent, you it could be a potential property. But no, you don't have to find highly motivated people. You could just go to them. Anybody who's got a place for rent, if you can show them how you're going to take better care of their property than a normal tenant would, which you are going to actually, because you know, for example, my properties are cleaned professionally three times a week. I mean, they're kept immaculate. 
No tenant's going to do that. I don't go in and, you know, have people repaint without permission or kick the front door in because the ex shows up at two in the morning. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, my, my people don't have pets because I don't allow pets. They don't smoke in the properties. They don't even generally use the washer and dryer because they're only there for two days and then they leave. So there's all kinds of reasons why there's actually less wear and tear with short term than, than long term uh, tenants. And so when you explain this to a, uh, an owner, and you show them how they're going to be protected. I protect them with, with supplemental insurance, which is like really inexpensive to get. So I protect them with insurance. I protect them with, you know, making sure their property is kept in better order and better shape than a normal tenant would. And, and I just explain this to them. Then they see that, wow, it's, I'm dealing with a professional here. I'm okay with doing this. And they allow you to do it. Now, like I said, not everybody will, but that's okay. It doesn't matter. It's just a numbers game. You just go out and you find some that will. And then sometimes you'll find people that are highly motivated. So like one of my listings, the lady had it for rent for five months. She could not rent it. And the reason is because she was asking $2,000 for a studio apartment. And I don't care where you live. That's a lot of money for a little studio. And she could not get a renter. And I came along and she was thrilled to, in, to entertain any idea. And she didn't live in the state. She hadn't heard of Airbnb. She wasn't interested in trying it. She just wanted to get her $2,000 a month. So when I told her what I wanted to do, she's like, oh my gosh, Brian, that's a wonderful concept. I love it. I love it. Let's do it. And after six months of doing that with her, she said, Brian, you're the best, you're the best tenant I've ever had. I can't believe it. I, I, I love this concept. I think it's brilliant. And I not only got the place and, and kept it, but I also was able to take her photos that she had on Craigslist and throw them up on Airbnb before I even had the keys to the place. Wow. So I had it listed on Airbnb and getting bookings three weeks before I ever got the keys. Now I don't recommend doing that unless you actually have everything in writing and you know you're getting it. But the simple fact of the matter is I was making money before I even, you know, I already had bookings before I even had the keys. And that's an example. That was a furnished place. That's an example of how you do something like that. All right. So looking at Airbnb uh, and you see somebody like I'm looking in St. Louis right now and I see a lot of properties that are listed here. What, how, how often are they actually filled with Airbnb tenants? Does that make sense? Like they're not filled 30 days out of the month. What's a good, Oh, estimate? you mean once you, once you list? Yeah. Yeah. Once you list, how often are they filled? Okay. Good, good question. The average host on Airbnb gets somewhere between 55 and 67% occupancy on average. Okay. But I get more like 90, 95% occupancy, and so do my students. So the reason that I get such high occupancy is there's several techniques that you can play on the, on the calendar to start filling the calendar days. So what I do is I do active pricing, which means I don't just pick a price out like $100 a night or $150 a night and just throw it up there and leave it. I do active pricing. So if, if it's like a Tuesday and I don't have tomorrow, I don't have Wednesday or Thursday booked, I will slash the price of those days down to like half, like 50% yeah. off. And then suddenly they'll start filling up, right? Or that next weekend I don't have booked, I'll slash the price. Now it sounds like slashing the price would cost you money, right? It would make less, but you actually make more. Because if you take one guy that's say charging, let's say you have one person that's charging 200 a night and they only book 10 nights a month, then they're bringing in two grand, right? Yeah. But then you have another person that charges 150 a night and instead of booking 10 nights, they book 20, 25 nights because their rate is so cheap. Now that's they're making more money by charging less. And when you have a system that manages everything, it doesn't matter how many guests you have come and go because you're not going to be cleaning the properties. You're not going nice. to be checking the guests in. You're not going to be checking the guests out. You don't even have to talk to the guests. I know that sounds crazy, but there's a way to do that. Um, you can outsource all that. Mm -hmm. So you actually doesn't make it's not any more work for me to have, you know, 25 guests in a month versus 10. So the deal here is you want to book every single day. You want to fill those heads and beds. You want to get heads and beds. 
And that the way the techniques that I teach shows you how to do that. So, so instead of making like three, four, five hundred a month on a, on a listing, you could make a thousand, two thousand, three thousand dollars net on a property. And, and so, and that's kind of how it works. That's essentially how it works. Nice. Nice. All right. So back to locating your properties. What, what are some of the methods that you teach to uh, locate of these, these deals? Okay. So the, locating is an entire art and a science. I mean, it really is. There's an entire, I go on and on and on about that. That's probably the most important thing, just like anything in real estate location. You know, the thing is, first of all, you want to be close to where you are. I wouldn't go further than an hour away, but there's some, some tools that I actually provide in my training that actually allow you to go backstage and kind of see the back end of what's going on in your particular area. In fact, I use a software tool that allows you to put in any city or town and it pulls up like a heat map and it shows you where all the listings are in that town. And then you can click on each individual dot, like the thousands of dots. And it'll tell you what that person is getting per night, per weekend night. It tells you how much occupancy they have. It shows you the top host in your city. It shows you the top hundred hosts in your city. It's an amazing tool. And so that is a data analytics, like backend, like tool that is free to use. And it gives you this kind of unfair advantage to, to locate where to put properties and where to look for them and how much you could get. Wow. So I use those kind of things, but mm-hmm. also keep in mind when I started out, I didn't know what I was doing. I just literally just picked up one place, put it on Airbnb. It worked. I picked up another place a few blocks away, did that. And then I just kept doing that. I mean, I just, it worked. So I kept kept doing it. <laughs> so yeah. that's essentially, you know, there's ways to do that, but to go into it, it would take days to explain it. it. It's a very in-depth process. And you could just certainly pick anything at random and try listing it on Airbnb and it would probably work. But, but what I teach is how to get the best locations, the very best types of properties. Nice. Okay. Nice. And, and, it, and if you guys are wondering, how do I get more information about this? Brian and I are actually doing a webinar next, as I'm recording this, we're doing it next week. But if you're watching this or listening to this podcast after that, uh, you can still probably listen to a recording of that webinar. And I have a link that I want to give you guys for that. It is joelikesairbnb.com. Joelikesairbnb.com. And you spell Airbnb, A-I-R-B-N-B, just like that. And uh, Brian and I are going to be doing this webinar next week. And I'm excited about this because this is, you know, this doesn't have to be a a full-time gig, right? I mean, this is something that you can do part-time to supplement your income, right, Brian? Yeah, I'll talk about that for a second. I Keep in mind, the very first time I tried this with my spare room, I was working 50 plus hours a week. And even after I got a couple listings, I was still working 50 hours a week. So what I did is I just take time on the weekends to go look at places. I would literally just go drive neighborhoods, look for places for rent and try to talk to people. And I would hand them my business card and say, hey, think about it. And sometimes they get back to me a month later and say, OK, I'm, I'm going to try this with you. And so that's how I started very, very part time. And then as I started scaling, I was able to quit my job, which was my goal. and um, and just do this. And like I said, I was working full-time hours in the beginning, but then scaled it back to only a few hours per week because of my systems, because of the automated systems that I set up. So certainly, yeah, I mean, like I like to tell people, nobody starts with a spare 40 hours laying around unless you're retired. Nobody just has 40 hours to devote to something. So this is something where you can do very, very part-time. And the cool thing is, you know, you might just want to do one listing. Some people just, their goal is just to make an extra thousand, two thousand dollars a month on a semi-passive basis. And for some people that would change their financial life to have that money coming in consistently every month 
without having to go work for it, you know, just having very little minimal involvement and especially on a property they don't own. So they're not having to go out and get 20% down payment on a house and borrow money from the bank and all that stuff. They're just literally, you know, putting down the deposit first month's rent and enlisting it on Airbnb or, or working with the owner to avoid that altogether, which is totally possible. So right. yeah, right. so you can do it very, very part-time. Every one of my students starts part-time. I mean, with almost, I'd say 99% of them, very few people jump in full-time. Let's say somebody lives in, it's weird, the city just came to my mind, Altoona, Iowa, okay? I used to live near Altoona, but Altoona is a small little town in, in central Iowa, and mm-hmm. can they still do something like this? Okay, well, here's my answer to that. In Altoona, I would guess that the cost of a one-bedroom is nowhere near what I pay for a one-bedroom. So, for example, my one-bedroom, I'm sorry, my studio that was two grand. I would guarantee that it's nowhere near that cost to get a studio in Altoona. So are you going to make less in Altoona? Yes, you are, but it's directly proportionate to what the rent is. So I have students that are in middle America and they can get a one bedroom for literally six or 700 bucks for a one bedroom condo. And so they're going to make less than I would on a $2,000 unit, but it's still proportionate, right? The cash flow that they make on six or 700 bucks is very, very, very high compared to any other, you know, doing a long-term tenant, for example. So the difference is they might have to go get, you know, an additional listing once in a while to equate to what I'm making. But, you know, for a small little investment, like say a $700 apartment, you know, if they're taking that and putting that on Airbnb and earning two grand a month with it, I mean, it's a phenomenal return on their, on their investment and on, on what they do. So it's all proportionate. So yes, the answer is yes, it works in, in far out places like that. I would suggest somebody that's living in a town like that to just go on Airbnb, type in their city and look at how many listings pop up. They'll be shocked probably. So yes. Uh, and sometimes the areas that are smaller, it's actually better because you'll find that the competition is less. There's actually less listings like that guy I told you about who's in rural Canada And I talked to another guy, uh, um, I'm sorry, I heard about another guy from a friend of mine who has five trailers. He just has trailers outside of Glacier National Park. And I'm talking like like $5,000 trailers he put on a piece of land and he's renting them out for 200 a night. I mean, just raking it in thousands of dollars a day on these things. And they cost him almost nothing. So that's a whole nother business model where he gets trailers, puts them in a killer location like Glacier. And there's nothing in Glacier. I mean, if you search for Glacier, there's just not many Airbnbs there, except for a couple of very high-end properties. So he's just crushing it and killing it. So there's there's so many opportunities like that. So that's what I go into. I'm going to go into that more in depth on this, this free webinar yeah. where I talk about location because it's very important to know how location works. <laughs> Looking right now at uh, Altoona, Iowa on Zillow, and there's about 18 properties. It's a suburb of Des Moines, actually. Uh, but okay. There's about 18 properties listed for rent, and they range anywhere from... Nine ninety five a month for a two bedroom, to eighteen hundred a month for a three or four bedroom. So there you go for a two bedroom. So a one bedroom is probably even. It's got to be even less than that if you can find a one bedroom. And I tell yeah. people to start with a, with a one. But you know, even if somebody's there, it doesn't mean they can't go to Des Moines. I mean, how far away is Des Moines? They well, can go they, there. There's no Airbnbs in uh, in Altoona. So I'm looking at Airbnb. <laughs> there you there's, go. There's nothing in Altoona. And guess what? If you're from Iowa, the world famous Adventureland Park is near Altoona, oh Iowa. Oh my gosh. Right. So that's exactly what I'm talking about. Somebody needs to look at a listing that's near that, throw it up on Airbnb. And I promise you there are people every day searching Altoona on Airbnb because they're going to that park and then they can't find it. So what do they do? They go to kayak or whatever, uh, in, you know, uh-huh. Priceline and get a hotel. 
<laughs> uh, Adventureland is a cool park, uh, but it's not like world famous. I was being facetious, uh, but it's you know if, if you're in Iowa. Yeah. And you're 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 up in the northeast corner of Iowa. You want to make a big trip to the big city, go down to Des Moines and go to Adventureland Park. And it is a cool place, but there's no Airbnb at all anywhere near Adventureland Park right now. Okay. And yep. uh I'm oh it's really cool. I'm looking at this. <laughs> you could you could you could get one of these townhomes that are on Zillow right now. It's a two bedroom for nine ninety five a month. And maybe you could lease one room at a time or both at a time. I don't know how that works yet, but um, cool. Wow. All right, Brian, this has been really informative. You got my juices flowing, whatever yeah, that means. Certainly. Certainly. And, uh, this is exciting. It's an exciting topic. So, guys, if you want to watch the webinar that Brian and I are going to do, go to JoeLikesAirbnb.com. JoeLikesAirbnb.com. Learn more about how Brian does this. It's a free webinar. He's going to be teaching and diving more in depth into those six or seven steps that we talked about, showing yep. you what is involved with finding them and how to structure them and how to outsource. I liked what you said there. You outsource 95% of it. I mean, that's that's amazing. Yep. I'm going to break it down. I'm going to show you exactly how I do that. Very good. All right, Brian. So I appreciate you being on the podcast, man. I really do. Hey, thanks for the opportunity. I can't wait to uh, to have everybody join us and uh, hopefully get a lot of value out of the webinar. Any final tips you want to share with somebody? Maybe uh, some mistakes to avoid if they're going to go out there and try to do this themselves. Yeah, don't do it before the webinar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay. wait, till, wait till you see what I have to teach you because you're going to learn so much more on there than if you try to do it on your own. I'm going to show you some things to avoid so you don't make some big mistakes. Well said. Well said. Okay, guys, go to joelikesairbnb.com to watch the webinar. Thank you very much, Brian. I appreciate it. Thanks, Joe. All right, we'll see you guys all later. Bye-bye. 